dismissed at this time for a children's message and time. While they're exiting this morning, if you have your Bibles, and I hope that you do, turn with me to the Gospel of John chapter 1. Gospel of John chapter 1. Last week, if you were with us, we talked about from God's Word, our call to be a witness. What it means for you and I as believers to be a witness for and to the kingdom of God. And so this morning I want to continue in that theme and that understanding, and that is this morning we want to talk about the content of our witness. Last week we talked about the call to be a witness. Today we want to talk about the content of of our witness. John chapter 1, beginning in verse 32. And God's word reads as follows. And John bore witness. Okay, so here we have it immediately. John bore witness, saying, I have beheld the Spirit descending as a dove out of heaven, and he remained upon him. And I did not recognize him, but he who sent me to baptize in water said to me, He upon whom you see the Spirit descending and remaining upon him, this is the one who baptizes in the Holy Spirit. And I have seen and have borne witness that this is the Son of God. So we look this morning and see John the Baptist. We are called to be a witness. Jesus wants all of His disciples to be witnesses. And we can discover how to be a witness, what it means for us to be a witness, the truths and the principles about being a witness by looking at the witnesses in God's Word. And God's Word is full of a multitude of different witnesses throughout His Word. This morning, I want us to take a look at John the Baptist and see what we might learn from him as our model or our example of being a witness. The first thing I want you to note, if we backed up just a little bit in that first chapter, in verse 6, it says this, There came a man sent from God whose name was John. Now, I don't know about you, but as I read that Sentence, just one little sentence, it tells me a a powerful message about John. It says to me that he is a man who has been sent by God for a purpose. He's been sent by God with a mission. He's been sent by God to do something he is specifically equipped and designed to do. Now, I think about that as far as God calling us to be a witness, and I believe that as He calls us to be a witness, He equips us, He designs us, He gives us the ability to be the witness that He's called us to be. All of us are to be witnesses in the kingdom of God. Uh, I've said before and will say many times, just because I stand here on Sunday morning does not make me any more important or any more significant than anyone else in the kingdom of God. God gives all of us a role, a responsibility, a calling, a purpose as witnesses in the kingdom of God. 
And it happens to be that He gave me the calling to preach His Word. That doesn't mean that my calling is more important than your calling. Doesn't mean that it's more significant or more useful in the kingdom of God. And so what we have to understand is to discover what is our calling. Well, what is it that God has, has equipped us and given us the ability to do? What is the purpose that He's given us in His kingdom? And when we discover that as a witness, as a testimony, then it bears great power in regards to the kingdom of God. And that's what we find in relationship to John this morning. There was a man sent by God. His name was John. He had a purpose. He had a mission. He had a calling of what God had equipped him and directed him to do in life. And he followed through with that. You and I need to do exactly the same thing. What is it that God has called us to do? What is it that that He has purposed us to do? What is it that He has equipped us to do? And then we need to set out doing that. We need to get busy about being witnesses in the kingdom of God for the glory of God. And so there are three things that I want us to see this morning in regards to this. As far as the content of our witness or our testimony, the first one is this. Testify of the joy of forgiveness. If we are a believer, if we have accepted Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, the Scripture says that we have been forgiven. Forgiven is a wonderful thing. Understand what that means. It means that we were guilty and we are no longer guilty. We were responsible for our sin and we no longer have to accept responsibility because we have been given forgiveness. And forgiveness means that those things have been removed in the eyes of God from our life and our accountability. We have been forgiven. I want you to think about 1 John chapter 1. Not the Gospel of John, but what over much later in the New Testament Scripture in 1 John chapter 1 beginning in verse 5. Listen to what it says. This is the message we have heard from Him and announce to you. What does announcement mean? It means a witness or a testimony. Here we're still looking at that. That God is light. And in Him there is no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with Him and yet walk in the darkness, we lie. And we do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light as He Himself is in the light, We have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus, His Son, cleanses us from all of our sins. If we say that we have no sin, we are deceiving ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, listen to this, He is faithful and righteous to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness if we say that we have not sinned we make him a liar and his word is not in us forgiveness he says if we are faithful to confess our sins he will be faithful to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness that means that he removes the guilt and the responsibility from our life 
because it has now been placed on Jesus and covered by the sacrifice that He made for us. And so we have received forgiveness. We need to testify about our forgiveness. We need to tell people what that means for us to be forgiven so that they can understand what forgiveness means and know the joy of that and the power of that in their life as we have experienced it in our lives. Mark chapter 11, beginning in verse 24. Listen to what he says. Therefore, I say to you, all things for which you pray and ask, believe that you have received them, and they will be granted to you. Whenever you stand, and listen, this is very important. Whenever you stand praying, forgive if you have anything against anyone. Did you notice that? He didn't put limitations on it. He didn't put some some restrictions on it. He didn't say, well, in this situation or this circumstance. or, or He says, if you have anything against anyone, he says, forgive. That's a struggle. Sometimes that's hard. When people have hurt us, when people have offended us, when people have mistreated us, sometimes it is very, very hard to forgive. But he says, if you stand praying, forgive. If you have anything, understand that? Anything. There's anything that's outside the bounds of this against anyone. It doesn't matter who it is. There's no qualifier there. If you have anything against anyone, he says, forgive them. So that, listen, why? Why do I do that? So that your Father who is in heaven will also forgive you your transgressions. But if you do not forgive, neither will the Father who is in heaven forgive your transgressions. You understand what he said? He said that if we do not forgive... It becomes a roadblock. It becomes a, 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 a difficult challenge for the Father to forgive us. We are, are withholding His forgiveness by not giving our forgiveness. And so we need to live in the joy of forgiveness. And we need to testify to people what it means that I am free to be forgiven I am free to give forgiveness, and it's all a part of the life that I live in relationship to the Lord. That I do not allow my lack of forgiveness become a hindrance or a block to me receiving God's forgiveness. And when I receive that forgiveness, then I am free to share it with others. And so our testimony needs to have within it, as we share it with other people, the joy of God's forgiveness. Second thing is this. We want to testify to the joy of eternal life. The joy of eternal life. John chapter 3. We started in John chapter 1 just over a little bit. In John chapter 3. We know that there is a conversation that takes place between a man named Nicodemus and Jesus. And as that conversation is taking place, Jesus is talking to Nicodemus about being born again. And what it means for us to be born again. That means what it means for us to be forgiven and to have the promise of eternal life. And so in that conversation, picking up with, if you would, with me in verse 9, John chapter 3, Nicodemus said to him, how can these things be? Jesus answered and said to him, 
Are you the teacher of Israel and do not understand these things? Truly, truly, I say to you, we speak of what we know and testify of what we have seen, and you do not accept our testimony. Now listen to that word, testimony, witnessing. He says, we speak of that which we know, we testify of that, and, and, and that which we have seen, we've experienced. And so our testimony comes from when we have received forgiveness, then I can truly talk about what it means to receive forgiveness because I've experienced it. I know what it is to be forgiven. But he says, yet you do not accept our, our testimony. If I told you earthly things and you do not believe, how will you believe if I tell you Heavenly things. No one has ascended into heaven, but he who descended from heaven, the Son of Man. As Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up, so that whoever believes in him will have eternal life. Eternal life. He says, even though we die, yet shall we live. Because we receive eternal life we, we receive the blessing through his forgiveness that that he has allowed us to live eternally with him in the kingdom of heaven our eternal life if we are a believer in jesus christ and we have accepted him as lord and savior our eternal life has already begun Remember that. Our eternal life is already said. It isn't like we live this life and then when it ends we start the eternal life. The eternal life's already begun. We're living it today. Live in that eternal life. Understand what it means that I am now living eternally. Life is never going to end. The life that matters. My life in relationship with the Lord. This old earthly body, the scripture says it's, it's like a worn out tent. That we fold up and we set aside. It's no longer useful, right? And so he says there's going to come a time that this old earthly body, we're going to fold it up and set it aside. It's no longer useful. But that doesn't mean that life is over. We continue to live through Christ Jesus and in Christ Jesus in the kingdom of heaven. How do we know that? In the very next verse, which is probably the most memorized and quoted verse in all of God's word. For God so loved the world. That he gave his only begotten son. That whosoever believeth in him should not perish but should have what? Everlasting eternal life. That needs to be part of our testimony. We need to be talking about forgiveness. And we need to be talking about eternity. For God, verse 17, did not send his son into the world to judge the world. But that the world might be saved through him. Forgiveness and eternity in the kingdom of God. Those are the foundational stones of our testimony. Those are, are the very foundation, the bedrock of our testimony. We'll talk in a moment about all of the other things that can be a part of but those are foundational. We have to talk about forgiveness. What does it mean to you to be forgiven? We have to talk about eternal life. What does it mean to you that God has guaranteed for you, promised for you, committed to you, eternity in His kingdom, and you're already living that life now? That is a powerful testimony if we can just talk about those two things. Nicodemus is asking a very important question, and Jesus gives him a very hopeful answer. And that is, 
that because of Jesus Christ, every one of us have the hope of eternity in the kingdom of heaven. Third thing is this. Testify of the gift of the Holy Spirit's help. Testify of the gift of the Holy Spirit's help. John chapter 14. We're continuing in John's gospel. If you move over just a little bit further, we were just in chapter 3. Move over to to chapter 14, beginning in verse 15. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. You know, throughout God's Word, He ties those two things together. If you believe in me, you'll keep my commandments. If you love me, you'll keep my commandments. Obedience to Him is very important. And we need to understand the importance of obedience to Him. He ties it directly to our belief in Him and our love of Him. And He says, He calls us to obedience. If you love Me, you will keep My commandments. I will ask the Father, and He will give you another Helper. Okay? Listen to what He's talking about here. That He may be with you forever. That is the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive... Because it does not see Him or know Him, but you know Him because He abides with you. And He will be in you. He abides with you and He will be in you. He said He's going to send us a helper. He does not call us to live the Christian life, to be a witness, to share our testimony without being willing to help us. And He sends us a helper to be in us and to be with us, to help us to do what He's called us to do. To help us, He has equipped us. And He's equipped us with the presence of the Holy Spirit. And He says, if you love Me, you'll keep My commandments. And I will ask the Father, and He will send you a helper. And He will be with you, and He will be in you. Here's the first thing. I want us to understand the importance of the Holy Spirit and that the Holy Spirit is a person. He is a he, not an it. And we often talk about it like it's a thing. But the fact of the matter is the Holy Spirit is the third part of the Trinity, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And he says here, he will be with you. He will be in you. He is a part of our life. Let me ask you, in your prayer life, when is the last time that you talked to the Holy Spirit in your prayer life? Think about that for a moment. He says, Jesus is is saying here, I will ask the Father and He will send you a helper. And He will be in you and He will be with you. So if He sent Him to help me, Doesn't it make sense that I should talk to him about what's going on in my life? Doesn't it make sense if I need his help and Jesus, the Father, he's asked the Father and the Father has sent him to help me that I ought to talk to him? I mean, listen, you know, we talk about somebody helping us with something. Well, sometimes they can't help if they don't know what we need. And so if we don't communicate and say, hey, I need you to help me with this, I'm bad about that. My wife and my daughter <laughs> remind me quite often I'm bad about it. I can't read your mind, Dad. You know, what, what, what do you want me to do, right? Well, guess what? If I need help, they can't help me if I don't talk to them about what I need help with. 
And the same thing is true of the Holy Spirit that He has sent to be our helper. And if He's going to help us to live the Christian life, if He's going to help us with our testimony, with our witness to those that are around us, then we need to talk to Him about it. If you're struggling with being a witness and you say, well, I, you know, I'm not comfortable doing this. I, I don't feel good about doing that. I, I don't have the confidence that I need. Guess what? There is someone to help you. And He has been sent by the Father to be in us and to be with us. And all we need to do is say to Him, Holy Spirit, I need your help. I want to be a witness. I want to share my testimony. I want to tell others about God's forgiveness. I want to talk to them about eternal life. But I'm struggling with how to do that. Can you help me? And guess what? He's promised He will. He has promised that He will be our helper. And He will help us to do what God has called us to do and to what He has given us as our purpose, whatever that might be. He will use us in that way. Galatians chapter 5. You know this passage of Scripture. We talk about it often. Beginning at verse 22. But the fruit of the Spirit. In other words, the evidence of the Spirit being with us and in us. Is what he's talking about, right? The fruit of the tree lets us know that it's an apple tree. The fruit of the tree lets us know that it's a peach tree. The fruit that it bears identifies the tree that it is. What it belongs to. What species it belongs to, right? And so he says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. And then he says what? Against such things there is no law. He, He said, these are the things that should be evident in your life. That you should be bearing the fruit because why? Because the Spirit is with us and in us. Because He has come to abide in our hearts and in our lives. And He helps us to be that kind of person. He helps us to be gentle and kind and loving in all of these things and to have self-control. He helps us to do that. Now those who belong to Christ Jesus has crucified the flesh with its passions and its desires. If we live by the Spirit, let us also walk by the Spirit. Let us not become boastful, challenging one another, envying one another. What's he saying? He says, listen, if the Spirit, if you allow Him to come and to live in your heart and your life, He will help you, and He will help you to become this kind of person. And and as you become that kind of person, then you begin to walk or to live that. If we live by the Spirit, then we walk by the Spirit. So he's talking about living in the Spirit. He's talking about letting it be portrayed in our life. Let it be shown to others as we live for Him through the help of the Holy Spirit. And so He says to us that there is joy that comes in living in and by the Spirit. And that joy becomes evident for others to see in our lives. And that becomes part of our testimony. It gives confidence to our testimony. It gives validation to our testimony. It gives authenticity to our testimony if i am living that way in my life then people look and they see a difference in me and when they see a difference i can tell them the difference is because of forgiveness the difference is because of the hope of eternal life and the difference is because of the presence of the holy spirit that god has given me 
to help me live my life day by day. But if I'm living like the rest of the world, if I just look like everybody else that's out there, if I act like everybody else that's out there, it does not set us apart for people to recognize that the Spirit of God is living in us and with us and helping us day by day. He calls us, the Scripture says, to be a peculiar people. We're to be different. That's all he says. We're to be different than the rest of the world. And we're different because His Spirit lives in us. Because of forgiveness that we've received of our sins. Because of the hope of eternal life in the kingdom of heaven. These three things are foundational to our witness and to our testimony. We, could, we can witness and testimony about so many other things. We can witness about the power and the privilege of prayer. What an incredible thing that we can speak to the Creator of the entire universe and know that He listens to us. What an incredible thing to testify, to witness to others about. But these three that I'm talking about, they are the foundation of all the other, of our witness, of all of the other, of our testimony. We can talk about the presence of God and how He guides us and directs us and leads us through, through the challenges of life. We can talk about the presence of God and how He comforts us in troubles and in loss and in heartache. Our testimony and our witness can go on and on and on. We could talk all day about all of the things that we can be a witness and, and, and have a testimony about in relationship to God and what He does in our lives each and every day. But the foundation of our witness, the foundation of our testimony has to be forgiveness. It has to be eternal life. And it has to be the help of the Holy Spirit. And then everything else builds on those three things. And so I want to ask you this morning, as we prepare to close, what is the content of your witness? Well, what is it that you have prepared in your heart to share with others about what God has done for you? And if you're here this morning and you struggle with that and, and you're uncomfortable with that and, and you, you think, I don't have the words to say or, or I don't have the confidence, then, then listen to what I'm telling you. There is a helper. There is someone who will come alongside you and help you with whatever those needs are if we'll let him know what we need. If we'll let him know that we want his help. God has promised that He will be our helper and He will embolden our testimony and He will enliven our witness so that we might share with others what God has done for us. If you're here this morning and you want a better testimony, you want to be a better witness, you, you want to share with someone that you love and care about what, about what God has done for you in your life, then I encourage you to, to take your heart and to take God's Word and begin to focus on these three things, but especially the help of the Holy Spirit and what He can do for us. So as we sing our invitation this morning, if there's a need in your heart, a need in your life, if you need someone to put their arm around your shoulder and pray with you, this invitation's for you. Won't you come as we stand and we sing?